This episode has been rated E for everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 44 of Ethereum Gaming, podcast where each and every week we talk about the past, the present, and the future of video games covering all topics from E to M. I'm Aaron, and this week I am joined by two guys really excited to delve into the main reason we actually started this podcast, and that's to talk about our most anticipated games of the year as we discuss the nominations for Game of the Year. But before we get going, Chad, how's your week been? Man, it's been good. We, um, we uh, celebrated Thanksgiving and been eating leftovers for the last few days. Still got some turkey and things left over, so it's been, it's been good. We've, uh, with the kids had off of school. They went well, they went back to school Monday. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we, I got to teach my son how to play Halo, um, over the weekend. I let him play through the Halo Infinite tutorial and the bot mode that they have. And he really, really loved that. So yeah, we've, we've had a good, good week weekend. Very nice. You didn't let him play online. No, I don't think I'm going to let him play online. I, I just told him he could play the bots because it's still a little toxic. You know, I can turn the, mm-hmm. the voice volumes off and stuff like that, but you know, you know. never know what you're going to get. Yeah, true. That's that, and that's my thought process. Nice. So how's the wife's blog with this time of year? I figure this is a big time for you guys. Man, yeah, we're we're booming, dude. We uh we we normally average about 15,000 views a day. Oh my gosh. And, uh yeah, that's just the day. On on Thanksgiving we had uh like 40 something thousand and then the day before Thanksgiving was like 52,000 views on the blog just in one day. So yeah, we've it slows down a little bit tomorrow. It'll pick back up again because, you know, people are Everybody, already. Everybody's in a food coma right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've been we've been busy. We've been trying to stay caught up. We've been trying to update a bunch of recipes for Christmas and get them hopefully higher up on Google rankings. So we get more views and stuff like that on those. So she baked uh, like four or five different Christmas treats today for the blog. So, yeah, we're, we're still eating good. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well. Our other host joining us this week, Seth. How's it going there? It's going pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> as I sink in my gaming chair, I'm really wishing that I would have backed up during that Black Friday sale and picked up that Secret Labs chair. You know, I don't know right now. I don't know if it's because we were talking about it or not, but I have seen so many ads for Secret Labs I have never seen in my life. Absolutely, that's exactly the reason you've gotten it. But I'm pretty sure when we started this conversation or or started the the video, I think. You could see the top half of my shirt and now now I'm down to just a head. Yeah. So uh you know, I definitely could go for another gaming chair. But uh nonetheless their sale the, ends today. Their sale ends uh, today. I did oh, man. Today Do, you that Do we need a pause for a second? One hundred and fifty dollars off. No, I can multitask when it comes to shopping, so especially okay. when there's a sale. But uh fair enough, fair enough. If, if nonetheless, little, no. If you look a little distracted for a second, we'll forgive you. No, the week's been good. Um, honestly, I haven't got to play near as much as I would have liked to over the last week. I've just been incredibly busy trying to, to get some orders done, but, uh, did get to pick up a little bit of, uh, Halo and, uh, been enjoying that. And so, uh, it's always, it's always good when you can at least play a little bit with friends and spend that time over the holidays. Beautiful. I'm seeing a Halo trend there that we can talk about here in a little bit. Um, my week's been the same, about the same as always. Work's been extremely busy. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Neo 2. So I progressed on to like the next uh, the next element in the story, the next area. Um, but today I actually jumped back into Avengers. So 
Um, I guess that brings us straight into the news, man. This is going to jump right away. And we'll start off with the fact that today Spider-Man became a playable character for all the PlayStation users for Avengers. Um, sorry to everybody else. I can't play him. Um, Sony's being kind of greedy there and keeping Spider-Man to themselves, but, uh, he's probably my favorite character to play as right now. Um, but they didn't give him any kind of like story elements or anything like that. They didn't give him like his own campaign. Like they were, they made us think that he, they were going to. So, uh, and, and that part's a little disappointing, but he is still extremely fun to play as. Uh, I did notice that as I started playing as him, I really wanted his character to work the same way that he does in Spider-Man 2018. And it doesn't, um, that said, there are some moves that still work about the same. Like if you click triangle, he'll like do a quick wed zip over to them and close the distance so that you can get in a good combo on them. But um, some of his movesets are pretty cool. He has a nice AOE effect. He's got a little spider bot that helps him out. So I guess in a way they did take a lot of elements from the 2018 game and kind of play it, plug it into him. Um, I'm sure if they didn't, there would be a little bit of a riot. But overall, I am having fun with him. Now, were they supposed to give him a storyline? Like, did they actually say that? Or was he just always just going to come? We just didn't know the fashion in which he'd be there. No, they definitely like made it seem that he and made mention to that he was going to have his own uh, his own storyline to him. And in a way he does. Um, but it's not a campaign narrative in a way that you would think he does. Um, so it's not like you get a whole bunch of cutscenes or anything like that. There are one or two cutscenes right away when the character is first introduced. Um, but it's not like you have specific levels to them. Um, the first bit gotcha. of progression for him is literally just like a uh, like a to do list. Like it says beat 15 enemies with your ultimate attack at the same time and do that five times and defeat a certain amount of people with your uh, with your um, like attack one of your uh, main attacks and it's a lot of things like that to progress through the storyline and i haven't gotten through the first area of it yet but um we'll see if it triggers another another cutscene after i finish it or not but it's it's definitely not working out the way i wanted it to but i am enjoying the character so we'll see how long it keeps me back in avengers before i before i give up on it again yeah well i, I guess mean, with the movie coming out they had a they want they had to get him out yeah so they can i mean generate, this- generate some of that additional Revenue maybe from his bonus skins you can purchase or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, like having Spider-Man on here was the whole reason I didn't delete the game yet. It takes up the most room on my PlayStation right now. It's it's about the same size as like a Call of Duty game. So it, it's huge. Um, but I haven't deleted it specifically because I didn't want to reinstall the entire game whenever Spider-Man did come to us. And I don't know if I've ever said it before. He is my favorite superhero of all time. So. I am extremely excited. If I didn't have a PlayStation already, I probably would have bought one just so I could play as them. I am that big of a Spider-Man fan. I mean, that's the only reason why I want to buy a PlayStation. Right. See, my um, my wife and I, we uh, me, and, me and Seth agree that Captain America is the best superhero of all time. So you can have your favorite. But we uh, while we are on the um, on our cruise, my wife got me a watch and it's a special limited edition Spider-Man watch. Oh, nice. So I know nerdy, but this is. I was I'm, extremely I'm, excited about this. Uh, I don't want to hear nothing about dirty. So um, <laughs> the uh, I'm definitely partial to my Apple watch, but Garmin has a Captain America watch. Yes, they do. And I have <laughs> been struggling hard not to purchase it. I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've had it in my cart probably five times over the last two years, and I still haven't purchased it. 
But I did see that Groove now has a Captain America band for Apple Watches, so that's probably getting picked up uh, once I get my new Apple Watch. There you go. Nice. Um, I, I almost switched over to a Garmin at one point just because they have the same thing, but for uh, Star Wars, there's a light side and a dark side one. Yes, love I, it. I became very close to to going from Apple Watch to Garmin just because of that watch. I looked, I looked in town, and I, and if they had had one of those Captain America ones like in town where I didn't have to have it shipped, I probably would have bought it. But uh, unfortunately, that was mail order only. So, well, if you're in town in January during Marathon Weekend here, uh, Garmin usually has a booth at the at the expo, hmm. and they always yeah. bring those watches. The only thing I'll be running to is the refrigerator during January. <laughs> Don't mean that you can't go to the expo. You say as you eat a chip. I love it. <laughs> oh, Sour Patch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, with that, Chad, do you want to take us on to the next bit of news? Yeah. So um, I got a little a couple pieces that I wanted to share. We all know that the Steam Deck is coming out soon. Um, it is, I guess it's about ready to be shipped out to the first people that got the pre-orders in. I know it got delayed a little bit. We'll hopefully be seeing that coming out within the next month or two. Um, but we did get an announcement from developer Valve. Valve announced today that they are not going to make any direct only Steam Deck games. So I don't know if this is something that people have thought about. I know personally, I never really thought about it. But um, yeah, so the, the Valve just announced they're not going to make any Steam Deck only games, which I guess is good um, in a sense, because if they if if developers start making steam deck only games that's going to really limit the the reach of those i think the steam deck is going to be popular but it's not going to be like kicking the playstation and the nintendo out of the water you know sorry but who was wanting steam deck only games i mean if this thing is supposed to be able to run full pc games then why in the heck do we need exclusives for the steam deck exactly it sounds to me like they're trying to come up with stuff i mean it's just like the quest you know, uh, originally the Quest had its own games because it couldn't run full PC VR games. Now they've modified the Quest 2 to be able to run a lot of these games. You know, but whenever you have exclusives, they're they're either dumbed down or they're not fully developed. So if this thing's supposed to be able to run PC games, give me my PC games, give me xCloud, and I'm good to go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Except that I can't play Destiny on it, which really makes me sad. So I can't play Destiny. I, they announced that when they when they announced the Steam Deck, Destiny was going to be one of the very few Steam games that could not be played on it. I think just because of the size and the the amount of people that probably play it would be my guess. I don't know. Well, then I would assume that you can't play Call of Duty or anything like that on there either. Would you really want to? Maybe it's got a gyroscopic. It got has a gyroscopic game to it. You could aim just by moving your hand around. True. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, but yeah. Have, haven't we tried that with the Wii? I mean, no. <laughs> It, you know what, though, like in Breath of the Wild on the Switch, it works the same way. And you have like, I didn't realize how much easier it is to do it with that than it is with a regular controller. Gotcha. Still not easier not, than a mouse, but you're not definitely you're not building your case with your game choice. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was it was the first one that came to mind. I'm looking at a screen that has Breath of the Wild on it right now. So don't get mad at me. <laughs> definitely not taking my breath away. Uh, uh, well, the other piece of news that I want to share is the game that me and Seth have been enjoying lately is, which is Halo Infinite. Um, if you guys know, Halo Infinite dropped their multiplayer, free-to-play multiplayer for everybody on Xbox and PC um, a couple weeks ago. One big complaint, though, which I even have myself, is the XP progression for the Battle Pass. So Halo has a free version Battle Pass and a paid version. 
The paid version is uh, $9.99, just like, you know, Call of Duty, Apex, whatever. It's the same price. And that's where you get all your cosmetic upgrades for your armor and things like that. Um, Halo has a very good free option where you get quite a quite a good amount of free cosmetic options. But the problem is to level up one level in the battle pass, it's a thousand XP. And before today, you only got XP for completing a match. You never got XP for killing anybody in game. You never got XP for capturing the flag, holding the oddball, whatever, winning, losing. You didn't get XP. Well, wasn't there a point also where you were only getting XP for completing the challenges? Yes, and that, that's the only way you got XP. There's weekly challenges, and I don't know the total amount that they have per week, but um, there, there are weekly challenges that range from 300, 200, and 100 XP. And then you there's a daily challenge where you get 50 XP for completing a match, win or lose. And if you complete all the weekly challenges, then they don't respawn anymore. Because I, I got to the point with this last week, because the new week actually starts on Tuesdays. So... The new weekly challenges are out today as of the date of this recording. But um, last week, I completed all the weekly challenges except for one. And I only went from zero to level eight is what I think I'm at. But if you have already completed all the weekly challenges, in order for you to level up one level in the battle pass, you have to play 20 games, 20 times 50, you know, 1,000 XP. So as of today, like I said, this was the number one most complained about thing right now. As of today, they have changed the daily um, match XP. So the way it works is every day, starting today, um, you get 300 XP points for your first match completed. You get 200 XP points for matches two and three. And then at matches four through six, you get 100 XP. And then starting on match seven, you go back to the 50. So you get 300 for number one, 200 for two and three. So that's 400 total, 700, and then you get 100 for four, five, and six. So you get 1,000 um, XP a day now just by playing six matches. So you can level up once a day at least, and then you have to go back to playing 20, 20 games to level up again. So the Battle Pass, I know we were talking a little bit before when we were setting up everything for the podcast, and I think the highest we've seen somebody be on a battle pass and he's got over 340 hours into the game is like a 63 or 64 or something like that. And he's been playing 300 plus hours. So this is going to be a nice help for people that are um, trying to grind out the battle pass. This battle pass also has 160 levels. So 160 times a thousand, you need 160,000 XP to get this thing to be, you know, finished. So that's a that's a lot of XP. That's a lot of games. And if you take 160,000 XP divided by 50 XP a game, that that's a ton of games you got to play to complete this thing. So that's now a lot they, of math and everything that you just said. Yep, I'm I'm not going to finish any more so of that much. math. But see, but you're failing. You, you missed the marketing. It's right there in the marketing. It's Halo Infinite. You have to play for an infinite amount of time to complete the battle pass. See, we all thought Halo Infinite meant this was going to be like a. Um, kind of like Fortnite, how you have one game that you go into but they continually do updates to it so we thought this was going to be a continually updated multiplayer of halo and it was just gonna be a halo infinite because it was going to be halo infinite boot launcher pretty much but nope it's halo infinite as in infinite grind makes it really easy for the developers they don't have to do anything to this game now yeah and the developers did one thing one thing good about halo 
they have been listening to everybody that has been complaining and talking. So they've already fixed bugs that have been in the game from the, the launch, and they've gone out. They've already said that this is not going to be the last fix to the Battle Pass. My guess is, with the main game releasing on the 8th, they're they're busy with that. You know, they're putting the finishing touches on the campaign. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more updates to the multiplayer once the full version um, unlocks for everybody. So, but yeah, so between now and December 8th, you can at least level up um, eight more levels for just playing seven games. So, you know, I, I've been playing every day, so I'll at least be able to get to level 15 by the 15, 16 by the time the, the full game launches. <laughs> so you think <laughs> hopefully yeah awesome well a little bit more news than this week for us and that is horizon forbidden west so the new horizon game that's going to be coming out sometime next year has announced by sony that they have an entire team just dedicated to making the world feel lived in um so specifically working with all the different tribes in the game and they showed a little bit of video evidence on like an overhead shot of it. And it looks like a living, breathing town of people that are just kind of like meandering through the marketplaces and everything. Um, it's kind of a visual thing, so a little harder to describe here in an audio format. But it is really neat to see all the work and detail that they're putting into this. So they kind of nailed the whole fighting aspect of it in the first game. Um, and the towns and the tribes were all really cool in the first place, but they're putting a lot of extra effort into just making the entire game feel lived in essentially, um, which always helps a lot with the storyline to it. It helps with all the experience of it, it kind of makes you feel a lot more immersed as you're playing it, which is what I always live for in these games. So Exciting news for me. I'm really stoked about this and I can't look to play Horizon Forbidden West sometime coming up here in the next year. Should be, I believe, in February to double check that. Um, But I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that has anything to say on Horizon. So our last bit of news is happy anniversary, guys. As of tomorrow, from the time that we're recording for December 1st, we are celebrating our one year anniversary from the time that we released our first recording. So look at that. We made it a whole year, man. Just like he's a year old. Just like my marriage, I didn't get you anything. <laughs> yeah, you did. You got it right here. Well, yeah. So, so we'll, 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 we'll count that. Yeah, sure. There you go. Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, it's kind of funny. I was sitting there thinking the other day, sitting back, uh, getting that first text from you a year ago, to seeing if I would be interested in starting this. And uh, it's been a slightly wild ride, but yeah, uh, yeah. Mr. Toad's hung on. So. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh, I'd never even talked to Aaron before, and then he messaged me about doing the podcast just because of uh, being in the group that we're in. And I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds fun. So it's been good. Yeah, I've enjoyed two it. Weeks. And less than two weeks later, we recorded our first episode. So, see, unfortunately, I had thought about doing a podcast before, but uh, it was everybody that I played with played Call of Duty. And so uh, there was no balance. So uh, it, it worked oh, out got, perfect when Aaron reached us. We got all the balance here covering the whole gambit awesome well happy anniversary guys and looking forward to many more coming up here soon but that brings us to our whole point of this episode i know that we're kind of going through this maybe a little bit quicker than we normally do but that's because our main topic is going to take us quite a while to get through as we talk about the nominations for this year's game of the year awards um that being said if you're looking to watch the game of the year awards, they will be taking place on December 9th here coming up in a few in about a week. Um, so you can see it on YouTube or at the game of the awards, game of the year awards.com game awards.com. Sorry. Um, and you can watch it live December 9th. Um, but 
if you're at home listening and it's before December 9th and you want to go ahead and cast your votes, go to the gameawards.com and you can cast your votes along with us here. Uh, we are not going to cover all 30 topics. We're going to start at category 25 and work our way up to category number one, um, specifically because none of us really have much to say on the esports categories, which are the final five ones. Am I right saying that? I feel like I feel like none of you guys have anything to say on that one either. Maybe Chad does, but pretty oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> love the esports. Love the esports. <laughs> I love esports, but yeah, I don't know any much of the the topics, to be honest. Um, but with that, we're going to start off at category 25. Um, and also just for a little bit of context and how we're going to do this, we're each going to cast two votes. One of the votes is going to be what category, which one we actually think is going to win and which one we want to win. So a want and a little bit more knowledgeable vote on that one. Um, keeping in mind that all these votes are not just done by the viewers and the listeners who are playing these games, um, but most of the percentage comes by the big network. So you got Forbes that's voting on it. You have all the big news outlets. You got IGN, all those guys. They're the ones who whose vote is a lot stronger than the rest of us. I think that the main population is somewhere between 10 and 25 percent. That makes up the total of the votes. Uh, but with that, we'll start off with the first category here at most anticipated game. So I know we talked about it a little bit last week. Maybe you guys have changed your thoughts on it. Um, but most anticipated game recognizing and announced game recognizing an announced game that has demonstrated illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward. So with that, we have Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Starfield. This is a tough one right out the gate, because honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if any of these games won. Absolutely. You know, uh, we talked about this a little bit last week on, on the podcast. And, uh, you know, we are all excited for all of these games, I think, um, except for Breath of the Wild. But, uh, you know, we're all really excited, excited for all these games. So it's, you know, most anticipated game, this whole category. Win. Um, what we didn't discuss last week was that little subheader. Recognize an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward. And I think if you look at these five games, I think Starfield is the clear winner of that because with Creation Engine 2, they are really pushing the bounds of uh, graphics and the gameplay that they're presenting for Starfield. Yeah, I, I agree. I know when we talked last week, I said that I, I would before I learned some more information on Elden Ring, Starfield would have been my vote. And I think now with reading that little subtext of it, Starfield was probably what I would pick myself. Um, I know there there was actually an announcement that came out that Starfield is being created to have a very, very in-depth um, mechanic in it. Ah, man, forget what it is now. I have to look it up. But um, I know that uh, they were saying that Starfield's going to be like they're they're putting a lot of time and effort into creating Starfield being an awesome game. So while I don't disagree on the whole Starfield aspect to it, I, I know I'm a little biased because I probably will not be playing Starfield seeing as it's an Xbox exclusive. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to say on the Legend of Zelda and how it's going to actually push everything forward. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, we talked about the whole fact that they have an entire department now dedicated to making the world feel lived in and working with the tribes and just the fact that they're willing to pay that attention to detail, I think is going to speak volumes to how the game is going to ultimately be kind of play out um god of war ragnarok every time a god of war game has ever come out it always is basically a huge cornerstone and a milestone for video gaming in general and then elden ring we talked about before it's basically like a skyrim um 
with a third person kind of narrative to it. So personally, I still want Elden Ring to win with what we talked about today. I think that the game that will win is probably going to be uh, Horizon Forbidden West. So those are my two votes. I'm going to say personal one, Elden Ring. What I think that the people will vote for is going to be Horizon Forbidden West. Are both of you guys going to cast both of your votes for for Starfield there? Just did. <clears throat> I'm actually yeah, voting I'm as go. we do this podcast. I am too. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Starfield for both what I want and what I think is going to win. Well, the piece that I was talking about is Starfield is going to create grounded exploration in a more realistic universe. They said that um, with Skyrim being the fantasy setting that it is and Fallout being the retro punk apocalypse, Starfield is going to be a more realistic science-based backing to it. And they want, they said that everyone on the team, when they talk about how we want to make the game and where they want to go with the game is how can we find and explore everything? So there's, there's, it's going to be a different concept a little bit than um, what the other Bethesda games have been, but it's going to focus on grounded, realistic exploration. So I think that, you know, when you talk about, what is going to be innovative and what's going to be new to the gaming world that this is probably going to be something that's going to be really big and changing. I'm also just going to mention that that's probably going to be in the category next year too. Cause I don't think this game is coming out this year. <laughs> no, absolutely you'll, not. you'll get another chance to vote for Starfield here in the future. Um, I will also say I don't, the main reason I'm withholding my vote from Starfield besides the fact that I know I'm not going to be playing it anytime soon, unless I get an Xbox is that, we haven't really seen anything actually from it. So we've heard all about it. We know what the um, engine is for it. We just haven't seen except for like one clip. We, well, we've seen like one 30 second clip and that's about it. Right. <laughs> Maybe what more do you need? Yeah. Very nice. So we have <laughs> the best debut of an indie game. <laughs> all right. Now this category is probably going to be one that we're going to kind of skim through too. Cause I think that we'll really only have anything to talk about for two of these games. Um, best debut indie. Uh, for the best debut game created by a new independent studio, for this we have The Artful Escape, The Forgotten City, Kane of the Bridge of Spirits, Sable, and Valheim. Now, all of us played Kane of the Bridge of Spirits, and I'm pretty sure that, Seth, you played Valheim for a while, and I think that's I think that's where our voting ends. <laughs> I played Valheim. Chad. So, obviously... I think, I think out of this... I think out of this category, those were the two games that I did notice, was Kena and Valheim. Um, you know, the thing about some of these game awards or even any of these award shows, some of the, the movies and stuff that get in, you kind of wonder how they got in. And I think if, if a game is really going to be truly the best debut game, it should have had some buzz. And I think Kena and Valheim both definitely contributed buzz for each of these studios. Uh, but honestly, I just think out of these two, Kena, Kena was beautifully polished. Narrative wasn't there, but it was beautifully polished. And I think Kena easily gets it. Same. Yeah, I'm gonna agree I, on that. I one. agree. Quick, quick vote for me. Both as <laughs> yeah, my Val, personal Valheim one was good, but like Valheim was good, but like you have to be into like the building aspect of you know a game like Rust or Ark Survival, where you have to build a city or a town and a house and all that kind of stuff. Like Valheim, you have to be dedicated to what you're doing, and it's nice graphically. It's a little, it's a little weak, I think, because. Um, one thing, Valheim is also a couple years old. It's not a brand new game. It came out, I think, in 2019. Hmm. Um, and it just recently got popular when a bunch of Call of Duty streamers basically stopped playing Call of Duty because of how much cheating and 
troublesome was what it was. And then they went into Valheim and that's where Valheim got its popularity. And then a bunch of, you know, other streamers found it and started playing it. But yeah, I would say they both Valheim and Kena both lack a great story, but Kena definitely has a little bit better story than Valheim and it's beautiful. So Kena get my vote as well. I mean, just looking at the images for the games too. look at Kena right in the middle there. Beautiful. All right, quick and easy vote on that round. So that is it for the best debut indie category. Uh, Number 23, probably going to skip this one, too. There's the content creator of the year. So we had Brace War Gaming. Yeah, Brace War. (laughs) We'll just we'll just go with that one. Everyone, everyone (laughs) go right in Brace War Gaming. Honorable mention. He'll get his name. I don't don't even know any of those creators that are on there. Like when I think content creator, I think of like Stone Mountain or Tim the Tatman or Nick Merckx or someone that's like ninja. Why that place Call of Duty? Well, no, but somebody like, <laughs> not just necessarily that, but someone that pulls in 10, 15, 20,000 viewers a stream. I don't know any of these people that are on here. Right. Maybe I should look them up and see what they do. But obviously, if they're on this list, they're, they're probably great at what they do. But I mean, I just, I don't know any of them. So I, I couldn't vote. I, I like the, the dream one because that's just a little something that a three-year-old could have drawn. I love it. <laughs> All right, so we'll skip through that category. That brings us to this one. I think we're going to have a good discussion here, and that is the best multiplayer for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op, massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective game of game genre or ir- nah, sorry, irrespective of game genre or platform. So it doesn't matter what the game genre or platform is, just a really nice big multiplayer game. With that, we have Back for Blood, Knockout City. It takes two, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. Nice, yeah. There, I've played one, two. I played four of these games. I haven't played Monster Hunter or It Takes Two, but um, yeah, the for multiplayer, these these are good, fun games. It depends on what kind of multiplayer you want, though, because like Valheim and New World multiplayer is kind of the same. I don't know what Monster. Hun- I've played old other Monster Hunters, so I assume it's kind of the same way. And Monster Hunter would probably fit into this, like the New World multiplayer category, where you have a bunch of people and you, you know, you fight your dungeons or your dragons or whatever it is. But um, yeah, no, these these are all pretty good games on this category for sure. And we'll say you never hear anything bad about Monster Hunter because people that play Monster Hunter love it. Um, I oh, never yeah. really, I mean, they I made a movie. Really get, and you I had never a movie made after too it. deep into it. Yeah, they did. They did. And they like threw some little like tidbits from the game into it, too, which is funny. But like, I never really get too deep into Monster Hunter. I feel like if I if I ex- if I shared the experience with somebody, if I had somebody else that I was playing with and got to enjoy it more than just by myself, I'd probably get into a Monster Hunter game in a lot more depth than I'm willing to. Um, that being said, for these games, uh, I played Knockout City. And my wife and I both sat down and played It Takes Two all the way to completion. Um, Finished the entire game, lived through the storyline, got to experience it. And it encourages the co-op mechanism so much that like you have to rely on the other person. There's no like carrying a team in this game. Um, It makes you actually talk everything out and work with the person sitting next to you or playing online with you Um, so much that what it does for multiplayer, my vote goes to that one, both for my personal and for what I think that the uh, the studios will vote for. Actually, maybe the studios will go for New World because New World has been a really big game. Yeah, so I'm, I personally, I would love to see New World win. I think New World 
when it came out, it was it was the rage. Everyone was playing it, and like legit, you'd be in a game, and there would be hundreds of other people running around next to you. But yeah. at the same time, the new world failed at end game stuff, and also it failed at their in game economy. And there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot more going on now with new world that people are complaining about and uh, frustrated with that I do not think it'll be the winner. I overall would pick it myself, and that's what I would vote for myself. But I think that probably it takes two is going to win it if if I was to vote for what everyone else thinks. Because I yeah. I have never heard anyone complain about it takes two. No, it's a it's a great game. I think I think the storyline gets a little out there at times. But I mean, looking at this, I'd say Back for Blood, not really a big chance. Um, People don't vote for those type of games. That's the thing. It's a great multiplayer game. It's a lot of fun to play with your buddies, but those type of games don't win. But here's the thing on Steam, like the original, uh, the original Left games, for Dead. Left 4 Dead, are still, there's more people playing those games right now than Back for Blood. It's because yeah. people aren't playing Back for Blood on Steam because it's on Game Pass. Mm, well, there's that, yeah. <clears throat> so you can't look at Steam results for that because uh, a lot of these games that are in Game Pass, they're not, people aren't playing on there, just like Halo. People aren't playing on there because it's on Game Pass. Yeah, there's also an article out that came out today that Battlefield 2042, there are less people playing that on Steam than um, Farming Farming Simulator 2 has more people playing that on Steam than Battlefield, but Battlefield is sold through EA, so you'd play it on their EA on their EA um, app. So yeah, right. it's kind of skewed when you sometimes see those Steam numbers if they have them if they're served on a different server or a different uh, developer site. Thing about it is though, I don't disagree with the point you were trying to make though. L4D2 is still the better game. Back for Blood is just a new release of the same thing, uh, but wasn't didn't have quite the staying power that L4D2 had. It, it was nice. I played a few games there, but I didn't stick around. Knockout City, same way. It was fun for a week or two. No staying power. It takes two. Apparently, you finished, so mm -hmm. it had some amount of staying power. But I think you'd finish Deadly or uh, Deadly Towers if you didn't have nothing else to play. So, you know, I would like to say New World out of these. Even though I haven't played New World, I think Chad's excitement must have rubbed me. So, like, you know, I want to say New World. But honestly, I'm going to go with Monster Hunter Rise because, like Aaron said, the people who play this, they get super uh, in-depth into it and super develop their characters, and they absolutely love this game. And it, it has been a consistent force in that, in that realm. And so, yeah, honestly, sure. I think it's the best one out of these six. Gotcha. So, is that your is that your uh, your vote for your personal favorite, or are you casting both on that one? Personal would be New World, but I'm gonna go personal with would be New World Monster Hunter Rise. All right, my personal is that takes two. My one that I think that the that's gonna win is New World. Chad, you're yeah, the I would like, I would like to, <laughs> yeah. I would like I would like to see New World win. I just think that now when people are actually voting, there's enough problems with New World that people are probably going to vote with their emotions more than their oh, actual see, knowledge of it. I see, mean, I'm I, not privy to all the issues going on in the game. I just know the uh, the scope of it. I mean, it's, it's great. When I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my choice. I'm sticking with my choice. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is, it is what they said. It is a World of Warcraft killer. If they fix the bugs and some of the in-game in stuff, it would be amazing. And it'll be and it'll be very long lasting. I think it, it it will be long lasting. It just right now there's some things that people need that they need to fix now that a lot of people are at endgame and have just you know beaten the endgame kind of stuff. Awesome. 
All right, this next category. Uh, none of us have played any of these games, but you know what? We'll, we'll talk about it for like 30 seconds. I don't think we need anything more than that. And that is the best sports slash racing game uh, for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing games. So there's F1 2020 or 2021. There's FIFA 2022. There is Forza Horizon 5, Hot Wheels Unleashed, and Riders Republic. I mean, Forza Horizon is going to win this. Oh, for sure. Oh, Hands wow. down. <clears throat> I was I was getting ready to say FIFA move on to the next category. Oh, people, really? People, uh, people don't like this so. FIFA. That's the problem. I, a lot like of people I, I know people that are annual FIFA purchasers and um, they don't like FIFA 22. Most people are still playing FIFA 21 that I know. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I Horizon uh, 5 is going to win for sure. Forza. I mean, I have it downloaded. I haven't played it yet, but um, it's everything I've seen on it, the videos I've watched. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It looks awesome. There's no glitches that I've seen. It's just a smooth, well-made game. Forza Horizon is always a huge game, too. So, I mean, I mean, it's, it would be safe to bet on either that or FIFA 22. So, I mean, now, Riders Republic is a ton of fun. Like, I, I don't own Riders that game, Republic is very tempting I've, for me. I'm extremely I've watched it and it, it looks awesome. I've watched like um, all the streamers that I watch on a regular basis that are like Destiny and Call of Duty streamers. They they when when Riders Republic came out, they took a couple days off and played this. So it was a lot of fun to watch. Awesome. But I don't think it'll win. All right. We casted our votes. I think we went past my 30 seconds there, but you know, Oops. <laughs> you never know what we're going to say. It's fine. All right. Moving on to the next one. Best Sim slash strategy game. I think we got something to say about a few of these ones, but not too much. So we have, uh, oh, sorry, I'll read the little, little burp here. Best game focused on real time or turn based simulation or strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. So we have Age of Empires 4. Evil Genius 2, Humankind, Inscription, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. This is clearly a Microsoft Flight Simulator. That's what I put. <laughs> massive yeah, I, game, massive mm-hmm. undertaking, wonderfully played. Yeah, my I, I, I'm going to put my vote as Flight Simulator for both what I think wins and what I would pick. I think a very close second to what I would pick would be Age of Empires 4. Um, it, it's just like all your other past Age of Empires games. It's, it's awesome when it comes to like building your city and your town and stuff like that. But I think that flight simulator though, it, like people were begging and begging for it to come to, you know, PC game pass when it was first out and all that kind of stuff. And then it finally did. And I mean, they've, they've, they've done a good job keeping that game up to date with the different uh, updates and stuff they've added into the game. So I think that would be the winner. Perfect. Let's leave it at that. And we'll move on to our next category here. Got to get through some of them quick, right? All right. So we have the best family category for the best genre appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. And we have It Takes Two, Mario Party Superstars, Pokemon Snap. Sorry, new Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury and WarioWare. Get it together. You guys, I'm saying Pokemon Snap. Not that I played too much of it. My niece has played a whole bunch of it. I've heard many good things about it and people absolutely love it. That being said, I'm not going to be surprised about any of these. So I'm going to I'm going to cast my personal vote, but I don't have an overarching the overarching vote on this one because I I would not be surprised from any of these ones winning. Maybe Super yeah, Mario I, 3D World. Um, I actually just bought Super Mario Party today, so um, I'm at, I'm excited for that game. We got it as a Christmas gift for our son, but uh, so I won't be playing for a little while, but. I I'm my my vote Super uh, Mario Party Superstars. I think that 
the Mario Party games have been amazing. People have been wanting a new one for years. And even though it just came out a couple weeks ago, like the fact that it's already on here to vote for it, I think that's going to be the overwhelming winner, to be 100% honest. And when you talk about a family or a party game, like this is it. Like Mario Party has been, in my opinion, one of the best like family have fun type of games since Fusion Frenzy. If you guys remember Fusion Frenzy. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it on the head, too. If I think about a game to play with the family, it is the Mario Party series. That was all the things I was going to say. The subheader says family play out of these games. Which one's the best to play as a family? Mario Party. Well, all right, then just just for the sake of staying different from you guys, I'm going to leave my vote with the new Pokemon snap. But all right, let's move on. Yeah, we can move on. But just low key, I've never liked the Pokemon snap games. So really? No, I just thought they were boring. We're like in the midst of all these categories here. And a lot of these ones we're able to kind of rifle through very quickly, especially these this category right here, because none of us have played these ones. Um, best fighting game for the best genre design, primarily around head to head combat. We have Demon Slayer, Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood, Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl and Virtua Fighter 5. People are going to get mad yeah. out there. I just casted my vote for uh, Nickelodeon All Stars just because I heard so much about it. <laughs> That's two of them. I mean, my kids play it. They they love it. I mean, it's Nickelodeon so, meets Smash Brothers. So Ethereum Gaming's pick is Nickelodeon. Ethereum Gaming has picked Nickelodeon. If you'd like to come and fight us, join us over at the Ethereum Gaming Facebook page. <laughs> State your piece there. All right. Best role playing game for the best game designed around which uh with rich player and character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences, we have drumroll, please. Cyberpunk 2077, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei 5, and Tales of Arise. I mean, guys, if you ain't picking Cyberpunk, what you picking? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I, know I any mean, of the other games. <laughs> I don't know any of the other games. That's the problem. I know. I think oh. I heard. I have heard a lot about Shin Megami Tensei, and that is a really great game. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that one won. Um, there is so much wrong with Cyberpunk 2077. Um, <laughs> I, I will be surprised if it wins, but I'm still casting my vote for it. 100%, man. Like, look oh, at yeah. these games. Like, sure. I've heard a lot about Scarlet Nexus, too. And we just awesome. talked about Monster Hunter Rise. But Cyberpunk 2077 was a phenomenal game. It had some bugs, but it was phenomenal. Like, I, I literally, like, I may not even play Far Cry 6 and I may go back and play Cyberpunk again because I loved it. Like, I'm just going to be honest. I loved it. I mean, I stand by what I said. As soon as it comes out for the next generation games and they come out with the PS5 version of it, I will go back and play the Nomad because I did not pick that life path yet. I saved it for when I can play it on the PS5. It got such a it got such a bad rap because of the bugs it had. Just like Battlefield 2042 is getting out. I have no interest in Battlefield, but I think it's getting a lot worse rap because of the issues it's having right now. But Cyberpunk 27 just got a bad rap and it just couldn't get itself out of it because there was too much of a hype train and they couldn't stop the train. And so whenever that train just derailed, it just went all the way down and people now hate it because they think they're supposed to hate it. But Cyberpunk 2070 was a great RPG and it deserves my vote, your vote, and the committee's vote. Thank you. (laughs) What a speech. Thank you for your time. All right, moving on to the next category. I feel like we've all casted our vote. I'm sorry, Chad, we didn't even ask you. Where's your vote going? Oh, same. Cyberpunk. Okay, perfect. Next category. So we have the best action slash adventure game 
for the best action adventure game for the best action adventure game combating combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving sorry guys i'm a little uh, a little tongue-tied here so we have marvel's guardians of the galaxy metroid dread psychonauts 2 ratchet and clank rift apart and resident evil village this is where it's going to get interesting because we played most of these games or at least i have i've beaten you know every i've beaten every game on this <laughs> except for psychonauts 2 what I, why yeah. would you not vote for resident evil I mean, I know what you're going to say, but why? I mean, so, honestly, though, why would it not be Resident Evil? What's your what's your reasoning behind that one? It's not very. I don't know. It when I I don't know. I, I don't know. I just it's a good game. It really is. I, I and I've said that even when I played it. And it's not that I don't like the horror games or anything like that. That's not my reasoning behind it. It's just it's not a game that I will, will ever probably go back to. You know what I'm saying? Like I will. Um, I will definitely go back and play Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy, you know? Okay, okay. so uh, here, was... here's the thing with this that I want you to keep into consideration is a little blurb up there. Combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy you still, beats... You still say Guardians of the Galaxy? There was, there was no puzzle solving in that game. I, so here's the thing. I I, I casted my vote for Mario Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. It is my personal favorite to win it. I do not think it does um, because it does not have much in any of those aspects. So it doesn't have a huge amount of puzzle solving to it. Now, I love the game. That's that's why I cast my vote. I'm voting with my heart here. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't have any puzzle solving to it. Uh, traversal is at a minimum and combat does become kind of stale by the time you get to the end of it. I think it has a phenomenal story. I think that has a great um, musical score to it. And all those things we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but I don't actually see it winning this category just because it doesn't fit so well into them. I think that Resident Evil Village does have a lot better puzzles inside of it. I think that I think that Ratchet and Clank has the uh, combat and traversal with all the different guns that they throw into the game. And I think that Metro Dread has traversal and puzzle solving. So I am between those three. I don't think that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy will win. As I'm pondering that, Seth, where are you standing on this? Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. <clears throat> I would like to see Metro Dread win it, but I think Ratchet Clank deserves it. Yeah, I mean, Metro Dread did get like a big amount of uh, of press on it. It did get a lot of love and a lot of hype when it first came out. I think that's been kind of kind of radio noise at this point, a little static, so we haven't heard too much on it. Um, so I could see it not winning. Yeah, I mean, personally, like I said, I'd go with Guardians of the Galaxy, but I honestly think, and I, I've thought this since we looked at the topic originally, that Ratchet and Clank would win. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank in Resident Evil, both of them are going to win something. Is this the category for which one, though? I just OK, so I'm on my phone when I'm doing the voting mm -hmm. and I don't my phone does not have the bonus blurb that you're reading. So oh, when I'm welcome. looking at when, <laughs> when I'm yeah, when I'm looking at the, the title, I just think best action slash adventure. And, and that's why I'm like Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy was the best adventure. And on my phone, it doesn't have the bonus, you know, description that you read. So that if people are voting on their phone, you know, not and they see, see the same thing and they see the same thing that I see, they uh, they might not be uh, they might not be willing to go to Resident Evil for that this topic, because in my opinion, when I think action adventure, I don't think Resident Evil. I think like horror adventure, maybe or survival mm -hmm. horror, you know, so I don't know. I think that, that I think that if you guys are on your PC, you guys probably see that description. Yeah. And yeah, obviously my PC is dead, so. All right, um, I'm going. I'm going Resident Evil here. I'm doing it. Resident Evil for the win. Um, <laughs> I even changed my personal vote. 
I, I completely talked myself out of Marvel's Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but yeah, I think I think that the puzzles and everything kind of lend a lot more to uh, Resident Evil than even Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank was a fantastic game. Um, the traversal was amazing. The gunplay was amazing for the combat. The combat may hurt um, Resident Evil and the traversal may hurt Resident Evil, but I think the puzzle side of it may may give it the ledge. I'm probably going to lose this one. But anyways, next category, the best action game. All right, this will be a fun one. So we have for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat. So we're talking combat here. We have Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. Oh, hmm. man, I'm going Returnal. Vote casted. Um, so Returnal is a bullet hell. I don't know if it, either of you guys ever got to see any like the footage from the gameplay or anything like that. Um, it's extremely difficult. I still have not beaten it. It's a uh, it's one of the roguelikes. I don't think that the combat is going to make it for Far Cry 6. I don't really know too much about chivalry. You guys play for, Back for Blood. I'm sure Back for Blood is going to win a category, but I don't think it's this one. So I think it comes down to Deathloop and Returnal, in my opinion, on this one. Um, personal vote and general vote I am placing for Returnal, though. Yeah, I would probably agree that um, Back for Blood and Far Cry are probably not going to win. Um I don't think Back for Blood would be my choice either. Personally, I would love to see Far Cry win. Um, I just have always liked the Far Cry games, even though I haven't played this one. But um, I think Deathloop is going to win because everything I've seen about Deathloop, like when you when you're saying action game, the way it has the the time loop going back in time if you die, the different ways that you can play the game in the sense of how you can take out some of the people you got to take out or not take out or whatever you got to do and go into the different areas. I think that. Deathloop is is a pretty good action game and and uh, fits this category pretty well. I haven't played Returnal. I don't know much about it, so that's why I can't say that. It's a PS5 exclusive. Exactly. Well, that's <laughs> why. Um, I agree with you on the Deathloop, though. I wouldn't be surprised if Deathloop came and brought this one home. Um, the slabs that you use that allow you to teleport, throw people around, um, turn invisible, it adds a fun element to the combat, and all the different guns that you can get are also awesome. Um, so it definitely has a really good fun, fun focus on combat for the game. Let's put it that way. Uh, Far Cry six. The only thing I will say that has going for it are the Supremos that you use the backpacks. So it it kind of adds a different element to the Far Cry games where you can use like a rocket launcher Supremo. Um, there's one that you basically can make it so that your gun shoots through walls and highlights people so that if you hit them at all with that shot, it automatically kills them. Um it does add a fun aspect to it. I don't think that the Supremos is enough to actually make Far Cry 6 win the category, though. Yeah, I just I don't think those type of games win win this category ever, to be honest. Probably not. Yeah, I think Far Cry 6 is only chance for an award is best performance. And that's just because Giancarlo Esposito. But, uh, you know, I think in this category, I think you have the sleeper of Chivalry 2 because I have heard a lot of good things about Chivalry 2. Uh, but, uh, my vote before you even spoke was actually cast for Returnal. So, Ooh. but, uh, to me, Ooh. that's the best one out of this, this lot. Um, again, I, I feel like back for blood was just a throw it for the same thing. And far cry six rested its shoulders on John Carlo. Uh, death does look awesome, but Returnal looked great. So, Returnal's uh, combat is better than death loops. I, so I, I, I cast my vote for Returnal. Awesome. Is that on the PS4? Uh, I don't believe so. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. We, we can kind of mention this. Uh, 
just because of one of the games that's in this category, two of the games that are in Kyra. Um, but I don't think that any of us have anything to say on this. And that is the best VR slash AR games um, for the best game experience, playable and virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of the platform. So I don't think that you played any of them what? in VR, at least in VR. Yes, did I you? did. Oh, I'm sorry then. Okay, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. So in this category, we have <laughs> the legendary Hitman 3. I expect you to die too. Long Echo 2, Resident Evil 4, and Sniper Elite VR. Okay, Seth, tell us all about it. I'm ready to hear it. So Hitman 3 loses this category because it should have been on PC VR, but it's only on PlayStation VR. Well, so just immediate loss. Um, Hitman oh, 3, oh. though, I, I know from the VR footage I've seen, though, that it was not all that polished. So, no. Uh, I Expect You to Die 2 is a great party game, but it relies so heavily on somebody not in VR that, to me, it kind of kills the whole point of VR. So, again, Scratch. Lone Echo 2, strong contender. Very strong contender. Uh, awesome graphics, awesome gameplay. Uh, Resident Evil 4, classic. Great game, and actually feels really good in VR. It's surprising how good Resident Evil 4 felt in VR. Uh, I haven't got to play as much of it as I would have liked to have, but I've gotten through the first little uh, area where you enter the village and first few combats or whatever, and the uh, combat actually feels surprisingly fluid. Uh, feels actually pretty great. Sniper Elite VR is a game that I wanted to play, but I have not had the opportunity to play. Uh, it looks good, but it's not... Um, I don't think it's a contender for best, but it is a great, great contender here. Uh, I wish I would have played it to be able to try it. I think it's really going to come down between Lone Echo 2 and Resident Evil 4. Uh, while my personal choice would be Resident Evil 4, I'd say Lone Echo 2 takes it. Hmm. Okay. I got, I got one short story to share here um, before we move on. I won't say who it is, but they shared me an experience that they had playing Resident Evil 4. Um, he was playing by himself at his house. He's like, my wife was out. I was home alone. I decided to play some Resident Evil 4. And as he was standing in his living room playing the game, um, he talked about how like you map out the floor around you so that if you walk out of it, you break the VR immersion and everything and you see the room. Um, but as he was playing, he ran out of ammo at one point and all the zombies were coming after him and he got scared and turned around and ran physically ran directly into his TV oh, and no. knocked the TV off the counter. <laughs> he goes, I've never done that before. <laughs> but he's like, I was so immersed in the game that he had no crap moment and just turned around and ran face first into the TV. <laughs> That's funny. Beautiful experience. Beautiful experience. I won't say who it was, but it was worth sharing. Surprisingly, the most immersed I've been in a game has been in uh, super hot and mm-hmm. trying to move around in super hot VR is incredibly immersive. And I've, I've knocked my ceiling fan several times. But <laughs> Regardless, it's, it's surprising how immersed you get in some of these games when when the gameplay is good. And I feel like the way they set up Resident Evil VR is really good. Now, Fallout and Skyrim and VR were trash, but Resident Evil looks really good. Also, I just want to point out that this is the only category that Hitman 3 is in. We spent so much of our year talking I about I don't the understand why. <laughs> it's such a great game that it I really, want to finish. Someday, someday. The anticipation oh. is really the big thing about it for me. And they're talking about adding, they did talk about adding more, uh, levels to the game this year so you do have that to look forward to so i mean like it's just going to be a whole new game by the time you get around to it um (laughs) and they're going to add like more details into the pc and everything they're going to increase the ray tracing and everything on it so you're looking at a new game by the time you go back to it all right our next category here innovation and accessibility i feel like we don't have a whole lot of room to talk about any of these so do you guys want to skip this category 
Oh, I thought we were skipping it. Okay, cool. We're going to skip this one um, only because that none of us have the experience on it. Uh, we're not going to do any justice on talking about it. We haven't played any of the accessibility options on those games. We kind of know some of them, but not enough to actually cast our votes fairly for it. So in all fairness, we're going to skip this one. Um, best community support. All right. This kind of made for you guys a little bit more than me, but we'll have a nice conversation here. So best community support, recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency and responsiveness, inclusive on of social media activity and game updates slash patches. We have Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14 online, Fortnite and No Man's Sky. Hmm. You notice what game is definitely... You notice what game is definitely not on this list, and that's Call of Duty because <laughs> community support is trash. Um, so based on that, I'm not going to give it to Fortnite either just because no. Uh, I mean, I so, play Fortnite more than all of you guys, and I don't know if Fortnite is the best community supported game or not because there's a lot of community aspects in Fortnite, but I don't know how much they actually listen to the community. Right. So I'm going to go with Destiny 2. Yeah, baby. All right. Yeah, I mean, if you actually follow the Destiny 2 Twitter, like they are super responsive. They have a yep. Twitter help desk, so to speak. If you have any Destiny issues or bugs in game, you can tweet them. Like I've been following the Destiny Twitter for years since Destiny 1 when they or whenever Twitter was formed. I don't know which was first or whatever. But um, anytime they have server issues or patches coming out, their, their Twitter's been on point. And they listen to the community too. They have a – they – Destiny's been one of those games that have been a roller coaster, ups and downs all over the place. But in the last two years, they've really listened to us players and um, made the positive changes to bring a lot of people back and keep a lot of people playing. So my 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 personal vote and who I think wins is Destiny for sure. My personal vote and who I think wins goes to Final Fantasy 14 online. Now hear me out. For for a legitimate reason, I'm not even joking on this one. And so, Final Fantasy 14 Online started off horrible condition. People did not like it. They were having all kinds of issues. It was buggy. It didn't work out so well. People were not happy. Um, but they have thrown so many updates and patches into it, which is on here as one of the uh, one of the reasons for this category. And they have improved it so much that to this day, it is a growing game. So the the um, fan base court is continuing to grow every day. It's not dwindling in any way. It hasn't become stagnant. It is becoming a bigger and bigger game as we speak. Um, to this point, I believe it's one of the biggest MMORPGs that there is, period. Um, but I think it's number two. I think it was WoW and then Final Fantasy. Yeah. So don't sleep on Final Fantasy here because this game is growing at an exponential rate and it's only getting bigger at this point. Do I think it's ever going to take overtake WoW? No, but I do think that it's going to win this. I think that it has enough support here to actually win this category. Yeah, that is good that you're saying that it um, is still growing because I know when New World came out, um, Final Fantasy was struggling. They lost a lot of people to New World. Now, like I said, New World's having some issues right now, so they might be going back to Final Fantasy. But uh, yeah, Final Fantasy is definitely a good contender. Um, I just don't play it, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know much about the community support, and I just know how Destiny is changing. Now, No Man's Sky is a good contender in the same way. No Man's Sky came out and was awful. People hated it, complained so much, and now they're putting out patches and updates that are bringing a lot of people back to it because it's been out for a few years and um, it was, it struggled at the beginning, but destiny, just because you all know that I love destiny. Got to give it the love. All right. 
going on to the next category, we had the best mobile game for the best game playable on a mobile device. Very simple category here. So we have Fantasian, Genshin Impact, League of Legends Wild Rift, Marvel's Future Revolution, and Pokemon Unite. I've played all these games except for Fantasian. I'm actually looking at Fantasian in the App Store right now. Um, It is a free-to-play game. You can play it on your PC, and you can play it on Apple Arcade. I believe that you have to have Apple Arcade to actually play this one. Um, That being said, it's the only game that you have to be an Apple Arcade to play compared to the other games, which you are just free to play normally. Um, Future Revolution for Marvel, I wasn't a huge fan of. And I do like a lot. I do like a lot of NetMarble's games um, for mobile gaming. I usually have at least one of their games on my phone at all times. Um, But I was not a fan of uh, Future Revolution. I think it only stayed on my phone for about a week before I got rid of it, to be honest um the I same still thing. have it online but i haven't played in about a month or so it oh, was yeah? uh i was i was i was looking for because i play marvel strike force all the time every day and yeah. i've played that game since launch and chris um who has been a guest on our on our podcast plays that as well he actually just accepted me into his clan so now Ooh. i actually have a clan with people that are playing as i've been soloing it for a while but i was thinking i was hoping that marvel future revolution was going to be like a new game that i was gonna play daily on my phone and honestly if you think about these phone games being pay to win or pay to be like upgraded that that game is what it is like if you don't spend money on that game you just are not at a good level to be able to do anything and i don't know it's just it's i they already the the game's only been out for three months or two months and they've already closed 60 percent of their servers oh my gosh that's horrible yep Mm -hmm. they had to consolidate all of asia to one server, Asia, all of Asia. And Asia is a huge mobile gaming community. They had to consolidate all of their servers to one. There's two in the US, one West Coast, one East Coast. Europe is only two servers now. And it just, yeah, they 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 had like, I don't know. I want to say there were six for America, 10 for Asia, eight to 10 for Europe and all this kind of stuff. And they had to consolidate a whole bunch of them because uh, they just didn't have the player bases on all the once once people realized that this game was not going to be a contender for long term and everyone stopped stopped playing, uh, the servers had to be consolidated because there wasn't enough people on the servers for people to get things done, which is a shame because I was really excited about the premise of the game that you got to, like, customize your own version of each of these characters. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you never like, got good gear unless you spent money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I jumped in with Spider-Man right away and I just wasn't and there was nothing that I could get that was like a cool look for my Spider-Man or anything oh, like that. Yeah. So that kind of just drove me away for it. I mean, it, even if they gave you like cool looking gear, like right out the gate, that you could kind of customize your person. At least that would be enough to kind of draw you in and get you to play for a while, get you hooked on the game. But I don't, I don't think it did enough to um, get you hooked out the gate. Um, Genshin well, the gra- like I'm at on the, Oh, sorry. I'm, no, I, no, I'm good. at level. I'm at level 60 for um, my star Lord. Because I went Star Lord, I wanted to. Pl- I normally go Captain America on everything, but um, Captain America is my number two on that game. I went Star Lord on this one, and like once you get to that high of a level, you have to grind so much to be able to upgrade things because they don't just give you four and five star tier stuff. You have to get all these one star tiers, then you have to convert them to two, then convert the two to three, three to four, and all that kind of stuff. And it just mm-hmm. it just became so grindy that it wasn't even worth the time. Um. Marvel Future Fight, though. I absolutely love that game. I don't know if you've ever played it or not, but that was a huge I one have, for I, me. I try to only keep one phone game on my phone at a time besides Strike Force because I don't want to be 
on my phone all the time, you know? It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. Future Fight is one of those games that I'll delete, but always re like bring back. Like I said, I always keep like one net marble game on my phone at all times, and that's usually what the one that's on there. Um, Genshin Impact was a, a big game, still is a big game. It's kind of like a Breath of the Wild clone. Um, I never really got into it. I know it's it's obsessed, Sally, because he loves those Breath of the Wild games. Um, <laughs> but I think we're getting a little winded on this one. My personal vote um, goes to Pokemon Unite. Absolutely loved it. I played it on the Switch, but it's also available on uh, mobile. I have played on mobile as well. Um, but for game that I think is going to win this, uh, I'm kind of tossed between Genshin Impact and League of Legends just because of the backbone behind League of Legends. I think that one may actually take it. Yeah, League of Legends looks cool. I, I vote for Pokemon as well. I just think that it has a big over overarching reach. Like a lot of people are enjoying this game. It's a lot of fun, easy to play, and you don't have to spend money on it. It's one game that you can actually play free and do do fine at, you know? Because mobile yeah. games, a lot of mobile games are are play are pay to win kind of deal. Yep, not this and one. Not this, this is one. Just a good fun one to play. Seth, where's your opinion on this one? Uh, my opinion is Clash of Clans is not on this list, so I know nothing about it. <laughs> uh, the last mobile game I played significantly was Clash of Clans. Uh, I do have to say, I looked up Fantasian while we were sitting here talking about it, and it does look pretty great. It does look really good. Um, I know we kind of so slept I on that one. Download it. It's tempting. It's tempting. All right, moving on. We have, okay, we kind of talked about this one a little bit earlier, but it, coming back into a different aspect of it is the best indie game. For outstanding creative and technical achievement and the game made out of the outside of the traditional published publisher system. So we have 12 minutes, Death's Door, Inscription, Kingdom of the Bridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. The only game in here that any of us have played or have any experience with is Kana. Yep. And yep. much like the best indie debut, uh, Kana will win this category. There we go. <laughs> Moving All on. right. Moving on. Okay, so at least we've talked about these games to some aspect or or another on this category. So I think this one should be hopefully a little easier for us. And we have the best ongoing game. So not oh, a man. game that came out this year, but a game that we have been playing for quite a while. And it is awarded to the game for outstanding development of an ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. So something that has continued to change over time. We have Apex Legends, Final Fantasy 14 Online, Fortnite, Genshin Impact and Call of Duty Warzone. Ooh, baby, gentlemen, where you at? Something that has improved like a fine wine. All well, right, that description cool. does not does not describe Call of Duty. Hundred <laughs> percent. A year a year ago, when Infinity Ward was over the development of Warzone, hundred percent could have been Call of Duty Warzone. They would constantly make changes that made it better. Ever since uh, it's been under. Uh, Raven Treyarch, it has not. Yep. So, um, Warzone, I, I hope once we get Caldera that Warzone will again be in the as a contender. Uh, I still play Warzone regularly, but uh, it's not that great right now. So, uh, th that's just totally not in this list. As much as I hate to say it, Fortnite is definitely a contender for this, but I don't think it'll win. Apex is also a good contender because it is a good game and it's consistently playable. Uh, but I honestly think Final Fantasy 14 might grab this one. Chad, where are you at? Yeah, um, I'm I, I'm the exact same way with Call of Duty. I would love for it to be the winner because it's still a game I play daily, but I'll, or you know often Fortnite. I, so I think a best ongoing game, and I've been playing Fortnite since February. 
and I haven't played it before, but maybe once or twice for different events throughout the years that it's been out. Honestly, for when it comes to an ongoing game like this, Fortnite is awesome. Since I've been playing Fortnite, there have been four different map changes. Yes, it's the same map, but they have updated and changed different things in the map that it's significant. Call of Duty has had map changes, and I say that in air quotes, and it, it, nothing really changes. The biggest thing that we've ever seen is this crack in the floor. And then, you know, going back to 1980s or whatever, like Fortnite has done a significant, um, they've had a significant effort that every season, something new, something, you know, interactive comes out and it's been really good. So, and Apex is the same way. Apex has had two map, full, full map changes in the last year. So I, I just don't play Apex enough. So my vote would go for Fortnite. I don't think Fortnite wins though. I think Final Fantasy wins. All right. The game I want to see win is Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 14 online. Um, I would definitely be extremely happy to see it for some reason, though. I kind of have a gut feeling that Apex Legends is the one that ends up bringing this one home specifically because Respawn has done a great job of adding new um, new games into it. So there is the three V three matchup. There's a couple other options that you can have in there. So oh, they the have yeah, yeah, the arenas and everything. So they have done a good job of adding new content and new ways to play this game. Um just to keep people back and then playing it. Um those games are not my cup of tea. That's not the ones I normally gravitate to. Um games like Final Fantasy 14 online are. Uh but that being said, I get the feeling that Apex Legends is going to win it, but my vote is ultimately casted for Final Fantasy. Yeah, honestly, you know what? I think I think I'm going to switch my. I think I think Apex is going to win it as well. Now that you say that, because I forgot about Arena Mode, Apex I think would be a very quality choice. I, I personally like Fortnite better, so that's why I voted for Fortnite. But I don't think for Fortnite with the way the voting is, and there's you know, like you said, ten to twenty five percent is the people, and the rest are like the game companies and the and the news medias and stuff like that. I don't think many of those people find Fortnite as a as a as a quality game to vote for you know what i'm saying yeah well i'm just here to change people's opinions thank you um <laughs> we're gonna skip the next category which is games for impact none of us have really played any of these games on here although life is strange true colors i feel like is gonna win because of the uh the support that's been getting from the community but moving on from that one we have best performance Seth, you kind of alluded to this one a little bit earlier, but this is awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture. So we have Erica Mori as Alex Chen from Life is Strange True Colors. We have Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo and Far Cry 6. We have Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn and Deathloop. Maggie Robinson as Lady Demetrescu in Resident Evil Village. And we have Ozioma... Akaga, Akaga. I'm really sorry if I mispronounce her name as Juliana Blake in Deathloop. So you guys haven't played the Deathloop games, but at least you know who these characters are for the most part. So uh, Jay, uh, uh, sorry, Cole is the main character that you play as in Deathloop. And then uh, Juliana is the person that's hunting you the entire game. Um, so their their narrative between the two is awesome to listen to. But to me, this is ultimately coming down to two people on this list, and that is Lady Demetrescu and Anton Castillo. So as I'm sitting here pondering, guys, what's your thought? Uh, well, I immediately voted for Giancarlo Esposito uh, just because <laughs> his freaking marketing for Far Cry 6 is the only reason it sold any copies. Um, his Ooh, whole, I mean, his, his whole marketing campaign leading up to the game, uh, pretty much you know, antagonizing the players to play the game, was pure genius. 
I mean, and they did a great job with that, and I'm sure the game is great with him. Uh, it's hard not to vote for Maggie Robertson, though, because as Lady D, she absolutely killed it. Um, but Literally. I feel like the game was, once you actually play, it's, saw her in the game, it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't quite as uh, engaging and uh, riveting as I expected. Nah, you just so, wanted her to be the main person in the game. Right. So, you know, for that reason, Giancarlo Esposito's got it. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I uh I voted for uh Moff Gideon as well. And uh I mean give give him give him a video game award, give him an Emmy, give him an Oscar, give him the whole deal. He needs it all. What would that make it an EGOT EGOT good with an extra G in there? Um yeah. I, I can't argue that logic on you guys. The main problem with Lady D is that she wasn't in the game enough. Um Anton Castillo was a phenomenal character. Giancarlo did a great job voice acting him. Um also, only problem is that he wasn't in the game quite enough. Um, but we never talked about this piece. There is also, if you have played the game and you walk away from the game, so definitely something that would happen to the two of you, if you did not finish it, he sends you an email to your personal email and antagonizes you for giving up. You get a, you get an email. Oh, I beat the game. Uh, that's what I'm saying, but that's what the email says. Yeah. It's a it's a letter from Anton Castillo that goes to your email that's antagonizing you for being a quitter. <laughs> nice. So I've never heard of another game doing that, but that that's just worthy of mention right here. All like right. I said, this, the marketing is phenomenal for this game. Oh, yes. All right. Moving on. Ooh, this, this is interesting because the lack of an option in this category. Um, best audio design, recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. We have Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. Uh, can you read the description again? What What does it mean? Recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. And how is Guardians of the Galaxy not on here? In-game <laughs> audio is the main factor that that makes that game so fun. Like the in-game conversations That's, and everything. That was exactly what I meant by the, by the lack of an option in this category. I might not even vote on this one. <laughs> so if, if you wanted to make your personal the game that should win, I will allow you to make it Guardians of the Galaxy, even though it's not yep, on here. That's what it should be. Can I write it in? <laughs> yeah, write in. Just like Brace War was our write in for uh, content creator of the year. Um, so that being said, I just want to make one comment to Forza Horizon 5. And I'm I get the suspicion that that game may may win this one just because of the lengths that they made they went to to get the sounds and everything for the cars they actually like got models of almost every car that you can drive in the game and they held like expensive uh recorders up to all the engines and everything so that the sound that you hear in the game is actually the sound from those cars and even like the squealing of the wheel tires on the pavement and everything like it's all actually recorded uh content it's not something that they just kind of generated um that's cool i can't remember the only other one that like had a like a score that i can kind of remember and hear in my head is from returnal so um and i don't think it was enough to actually win this category so that being said my vote is going to go to horizon um or forza horizons yep i'll vote for that as well since i can't vote for guardians (laughs) (laughs) seth you got anything to add to this one I'm giving it to like- Resident Evil Village just because that is a key part of, you know, how they actually make this a horror game is that's the immersiveness true. of the audio. <clears throat> and I think that's why Guardians is not here, because 
they think that Guardians audio is only there because of the soundtrack. They don't think about the actual script. So this is just talking about how the audio and sound design actually pulls you into the game. So I think Resident Evil Village is definitely going to win that one because of that. Yeah, I can completely yeah, understand. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I fully agree with what you're saying. Resident Evil Village, the sounds of like the creaking of the wood and the wind blowing against the windows and all that kind of stuff and the and the bugs from the sisters when they spawn behind you. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. I, I, I feel that. Oh, man, I'm going to go back and play that game again. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to change mine, too, to Resident Evil. I'm not changing it. I'm leaving it with Forza Horizon 5, but I'm, I think I'm going to go back and play Resident Evil again. I can beat the game in less than three hours. It's it's a fun pickup. Um, next category, we have the best score in music. Oh, here you go. Okay, okay. Feeling better? A little bit. Okay, good. All right, so for the be- for the outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. There you go. So we have The Artful Escape, Cyberpunk 2077, Deathloop, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and brace yourself for this one, Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. Okay. Got to say the whole thing. Got to say the whole thing. It's it's part of the name. Give it the respect. Um all right, two games for me, and that's it. So Cyberpunk 2077 and Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'm giving it to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy for the game that I want to win and the game that I know will win just because of that soundtrack. That 80s music soundtrack is the main point and driver behind this game. Um, that being said, Cyberpunk 2077 had an awesome, awesome soundtrack in it as well. It was phenomenal. I love just driving around town, listening to music on the radio. Um, but I'm I'm still giving it to Marvels. Absolutely. Yep, Guardians only gets it because of soundtrack, because it's an awesome soundtrack. And I mean, I can't say nothing. For two years, the only thing I listened to on my Sonos was the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack from the movies. But <laughs> that being said, that doesn't make the music composed for the game great. And while this does include licensed soundtracks, so it does include all those awesome hits that are memorable, uh, to me, Cyberpunk 2077 had an awesome soundtrack. I mean, Johnny and Samurai, I mean, come on. What what more do you need? <laughs> well, on that note, I will go in and say Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy actually tops Cyberpunk as well because me being a streamer, I have to turn off the licensed music for half these games whenever I play them that have like real licensed soundtracks because of the streaming aspect of it, and I'll get the DCMA notice and they'll take down the streams or... I'll lose monetization or whatever. Um, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy has an actual full soundtrack from the band called, in the game, the game band called Star-Lord, where Star-Lord gets his name from. They have five original songs composed and written and performed by a metal band for the game. And you can go on Spotify or Apple Music and listen to Star-Lord, the, look, just search Star-Lord the band, and you can listen to these songs, and they are awesome. And I didn't get to play the game with the licensed music because of that, but the music from the Star-Lord band that was in the game was awesome for an original soundtrack of a game. And so that's why I think it'll win. You can still go back and play it outside of streaming and listen to the, to yeah. the good old mm-hmm. music. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this was this was not as easy of a um, category as I thought it was going to be just because Cyberpunk being in it. So um, just like Seth said, having Samurai in the game and I just think back to the the uh, scene in the game where you take over as Johnny and relive the memories of him playing in the band, being at the rock concerts and all that. Like the music was phenomenal and amazing. 
but Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is also iconic in this in the selection that they made for the game. And that's the reason I'm going that one. All right. Moving on. I like this episode. See, we can disagree on this one. Normally, like we just agree with everything. And I, I, this is this is nice. We don't have to agree on everything. There's, and there's enough, no hard variety here. <laughs> All right. So we have best art direction for outstanding creative or, and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. This will be a fun one. Um, we have the artful escape. Deathloop, Kana and the Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Now, all right, Kana, Bridge of Spirits, moving on to category three. <laughs> yeah, is it though? I mean, is it? I mean, honestly, Kana is probably the most beautiful game that I've played this year, for sure, hands down. Ratchet and Clank, I'm giving it. Playing that game, like I, I've talked so much about Canada and the Bridge of Spirits and how it's basically playing a Pixar movie. Um, but that being said, a lot of the love for that comes knowing that it was an indie studio. Ember Labs did it, uh, knowing the history behind Ember Labs um, made me appreciate that game even more. Uh, Insomniac still tops it with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That game is absolutely beautiful for both my personal it's and yeah, I've watched it. personal and obvious choice. I'm throwing it to Ratchet and Clank. Nice. Chad, where are you at? What'd you say? Oh, it's Kana. Like I said, it's right. the, in my opinion, that's the most beautiful game I've played this year. Best narrative for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. So we got two more after this category. We're, we're coming up on the home stretch here. In this category, we have Deathloop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. Hmm. No, I'm going to take a stab at this one, and I'm going to go with It Takes Two. Um, All right. You know, based off of your discussion of the gameplay and, and the story development there, I know your wife was a little disappointed with the lack of a little bit of the development that most people would probably would have noticed. But, you know, um, I think that it's probably one of the better narratives out of these. Uh, I mean, you can't say Guardians of the Galaxy because, I mean, that was written years ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can see that. As much as I'm a Marvel fanboy, I can't say Guardians of the Galaxy either. It's a cool story and it has a good narrative. It really does. Um, for a standalone, you know, Marvel story. Um, but I just don't think it would win. I, I would probably go with it takes two as well. I'm going to say it takes two is the, the obvious choice for the win in my eyes. I think that's the one that is going to win it. The game I want to win it is going to be death loop. Um, death loop had an amazing story to it. I absolutely love the characters. I think that it, it fully embraced you into this whole story and everything with it, but it takes two had the most developed, of its characters for it being kind of a shorter game um and the story to it was the main aspect of the game i mean i mean the cohesiveness of the multiplayer aspect of it too and making you work together and actually talk things out as you're playing the game that was huge in how it worked too um but storyline i i can definitely see it winning all right next category the best game direction awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in a game direction and design so which game has taken it in its own special direction and made some kind of an impact here? We have Deathloop. It takes two. Returnal, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I just want to throw it out here. Like, we haven't voted for Psychonauts 2 for anything. I, I know it's going to win something. It's definitely big enough of a game that people are going to be voting for. It, it made it here for a reason in so many categories. I just don't. We just don't have enough of a background on it to actually vote for it for anything. So I'm sorry to the Psychonauts fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, but outstanding creative vision and game design 
I mean, for me, from what I've watched, I'd have to give it the death loop because I feel like the way that the game was created with the time, the time loop and everything like that. I think it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I this think is a, this is a this is a tough one for me because, yeah, the the time loop for death loop definitely makes it um makes it kind of stand out for its innovation. But so does the uh, the multiplayer for um for it takes two. Returnal is a as a, a roguelike. I don't see it winning this one just because we have seen roguelikes before, and that's the main piece of innovation um, in the game direction. It does kind of have an artsy story to it, so we haven't even like talked about the story behind Deathloop, but it, it's kind of it leaves it up to interpretation, um, and it deals a lot with the grief of the character. So, I mean, the main the main story piece to it is grief and how how people deal with it. Um, but if you it's left up to interpretation for it. Do you interpret it as being like a literal sense of the grief or is it like all in her head? Um, and that's just kind of how you interpret the game because it doesn't give you any any literal answers. Um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is going to get my vote um, because specifically because it's running two worlds at the same time, which I know we've seen before. We saw it in Medium, but Medium didn't do it as good. Um but this is running two actual worlds on top of each other at the same time. And it does so in a very beautiful way. And it does it very flawlessly. So I'm, I'm going to give it to Ratchet and Clank. You know what? I voted for Returnal, but you just changed my vote. I agree with you. Ratchet and Clank should get it here. Uh, I think Returnal definitely opened up a new creative style of gameplay. But I think Ratchet and Clank implemented that gameplay the best. So, uh, yeah, Ratchet and Clank. I'm here to sway opinions. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Moving on to the next category. The last category. To... Oh, man, it is the last category. All right. Big one here, guys. So we have the game of the year, recognizing the game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. So we have Deathloop. It takes two Metroid Dread Psychonauts 2 Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And Resident Evil Village. I have played every single one of these and completed the game except for Re- Psychonauts 2. So I'm excited for this one. Nice. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm going to let you guys say your piece while I, I pull my thoughts together because I still, as we're sitting here talking, I haven't given my, my final vote in yet on this one. So I'll open up here that I've only played two of these games and I, I didn't complete one of them, uh, Metroid Dread, yet, but I th- feel like I've played enough of it to have a pretty good feeling for it. Um, so I'll start there. Metroid Dread is really good, uh, but I don't feel like it has enough of a wow factor to really take game of the year. Um, it implemented all of its things well. It just really wasn't all that robust to have a huge experience across all creative and technical fields. Uh, Resident Evil Village, uh, I feel that it did do a great job of incorporating all kinds of different puzzles, all kinds of different combat styles, all different kinds of storylines, but those chapters in Resident Evil Village were definitely truncated chapters. Each chapter was very separate, and it felt very disjointed to me. Uh, while I did enjoy it, I felt like I played four different games instead of playing one continuous game. So, uh, again, I don't really think it takes game of the year. I think it's a phenomenal game, uh, one that I enjoyed playing, uh, but one that I felt a little forced to play at times. Uh, so, honestly, for me, uh, I think Ratchet and Clank or Deathloop take this. And for the reasons we mentioned in the last category, I'm kind of leaning toward Ratchet and Clank. So I've only played, yeah, I've only played Resident Evil and I did not finish that as we've talked about. Um, I know most of how it goes and it just, I don't know. I just, I, 
it's a good game. It really is. I've I've always said that it's a good game. It's one that I definitely want to complete whenever I have time to do that. It's just I kind of like feel like Seth. You know, there's so many different areas that are different, and you know that could be one aspect that people look at game of the year. That there's so much variety in this game that it hits all the all the dots, all the eyes. You know, crosses all the T's kind of deal. But at the same time, it is you know it is a game that takes you on a on a on a wild ride and changes up the pace, the pacing a lot. Um, so it could be like Seth said, disjointed for some people. Um, that's the only game that I've played on this list. And I've, you know, I've watched enough about it takes two and death loop to know that those are two good games as well. Um, Ratchet and Clank. I've seen a lot about, and I, I kind of am leaning towards Ratchet and Clank, but to be hundred percent honest, um, I think I'm going to go with Psychonauts on this one. I know I haven't played, only but one of them, but Psychonauts hasn't got a vote from any of us yet, and it's, it's going to win on, something. It's going to win it's something. The, it's been on the majority of the categories. It is installed on my PC. It is a game that I wanted to play, so maybe when my PC gets back, I'll be able to get into it. It's looked fun. It's looked enjoyable for all ages, and that's one thing about that I think limits Resident Evil is that the younger crowd's not playing that now. I'm sure the younger crowd's not really voting on it, but as a parent, if I'm going to vote for something like that, I'm going to be thinking, you know, my kids probably played more Ratchet and Clank or Psychonauts or something like that than Resident Evil. So I think that Ratchet and Clank or Psychonauts probably has a wider audience. So it would probably pull in more votes. But yeah, I think I'm going to go with Psychonauts too. It's a game that I definitely want to play. But like I said, I have installed that I just need to get to one day when I can. And we haven't voted for it. So yeah, that's going to be, I'm going to give it to them. And I think, so that's my personal vote, but I think Ratchet and Clank wins. It's not going to be It Takes Two. I, I will be I will actually be upset if it takes two wins wins game of the year. I mean, it was a, it was a great game. Uh, a lot of people were streaming it. It brought a lot of like couples close together with gaming. Um, it's a good couples game to play. We talked about games to play with your significant other. And this is definitely one of those ones. Um, narratively, like I, I've talked about before, my wife very blatantly pointed out they never actually resolved anything um it's just all of a sudden like oh we're happy now but it, it was kind of weird and unsettled in that sense i'm not going to give it to that one um metroid was a fantastic game had a lot of fun with it thoroughly enjoyed playing the game and got extremely immersed into it through my playthrough but i don't know if it has i don't know that it has the elements of the storyline in order for it to be the game of the year um resident evil village like Seth said, kind of felt like you were playing multiple different games. Now that that was for a reason they wanted it to feel like you were playing different horror movies and through different genres. Um, that's not to say that that was the correct option and way for them to go with the storytelling. It's just the way that they chose to go with it. Uh, so it really does just come down to death loop and ratchet and clank rift apart for me. Um, hmm. My personal choice for this one is going to be ratchet and clank. The characters we've we've grown to love Ratchet, but they also added in Rivet in to the game and made her such an enjoyable, likable character. They did an amazing job um, demonstrating the two games and two worlds running on top of each other at the same time. Um, I don't know that it was the piece and technology that they were kind of demonstrating to be that only the PS5 could run it. I think it could have run on PS4, but they chose to only release it on the PS5. Um, but I think that that's the game I want to win. I think that Deathloop is going to take it. I think that had 
a good narrative to it. I think that had a unique storyline and way of playing the game where it was semi roguelike, but it wasn't a roguelike and you had to play it very differently than other roguelikes. Um, but they kind of took elements of that style of game and kind of incorporated it into itself, making it pretty much its own genre of game. It's not a roguelike. It's not a normal RPG. It's not an RPG at all. Um, so that being said, that it kind of, has created its own category of game. I'm going to give it to Deathloop for what I think the developers and everybody are going to pick, but I want to see Ratchet and Clank win. Whew, was winning. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that that brings us to an end, guys. So all of us have pretty much unanimously decided we, we want to see Ratchet and Clank bringing this one home, um, except for Chad saying that he thinks that Psychonauts will do it, but you know. Um, no, I think, I think Ratchet wins. I just voted for Psychonauts because we had to get something. I was going to get something, but... No, Rat- Chad said that he enjoys Fortnite, so we understand his opinion. Yeah, I know it's a little <laughs> out there. Um, but man, guys, this was fun. This was a great way to celebrate our one year anniversary. Like I said, this initially, this is the reason that we kind of started the podcast. It was my first thought behind it was it, we started at the time of the game of the years last year, and I kind of pitched to all of you that we should do a game of the year episode starting off. And everyone correctly told me we don't know enough about the games this year for us to to be able to do an episode on it. And now that we have played these games, most of these games we played for the, for the sake of the show. So we were able to actually do a full cohesive show, but last year probably would have, would have been a bad idea, but this is the reason that we are here. We had a blast doing this one guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, that being said, gentlemen, what are we looking at for the next week? Chad, we'll start off with you. We start with you. Well, um, I will be playing a bunch of halo and getting ready for, the Caldera map on on Call of Duty. I uh, probably will play some Warzone just to see the the end of end of Verdansk, and I think there's an event coming up or something. I'm not 100 sure because um, I haven't played that much because of Halo. But yeah, I'll be playing Warzone and Halo for sure. Um, hopefully, my graphics card comes back sooner than later, and I can play the new Warzone map on uh, my PC. But if not, I will definitely be playing here on my xbox but yeah i halo and uh call of duty are, are, are what i see in my in my future awesome seth how's your week looking ditto <clears throat> long ditto. and drawn out but ditto <laughs> long and drawn out but ditto <laughs> yes just hyping off of piggybacking off of it you know mine I'm, I'm looking at you know no 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 i was gonna say i'm gonna play psychonauts too but i'm not i'm not downloading a 60 dollar game just because out of curiosity here but Maybe, maybe at some point, maybe when it goes on sale, I'll go back and play it. Anyways, I think that I am going to be playing some Spider-Man either with Miles Morales, Miles Morales or 2018 Spider-Man or Spider-Man in the Avengers game. But I am hyped up for this movie coming out. So I think I'm going to kind of immerse myself in some some Spider-Man activity here in the next week. Uh, Gentlemen, that being said. If everybody's enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and leave us five stars on on all the different platforms that help us reach a broader audience and get to talk to more people about our passion here. Um, if you've enjoyed talking to us this week and join along as we go through all these lists, join us over at the Ethereum Gamers Facebook page and we can continue to talk about this subject there. We'll post a link to the uh, to the Game of the Year nominations or maybe we'll just put up a poll for the actual Game of the Year and see what everybody else's opinion is on this and see what our community here thinks about this one. Um, gentlemen it's been a blast happy anniversary yeah happy anniversary it's been a good year been a good year looking forward to the next one all right well that being said we'll see you guys again real soon have a good night see you guys